Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. Remarkable community indeed. In this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight, we're talking to the head teacher of Berkhamsted Prep School, Jamie Hornshaw. Now, Jamie knew that he wanted to work in the world of education from a very young age, which means he was able to follow that path immediately. So you're about to hear about this and some of the activities children undertake and the benefits these bring. We also get an insight into life as a head teacher by taking a sneak peek into a typical day of his. So come with me now as we speak to Berkhamsted Prep head teacher, Jamie Hornshaw. Jamie, welcome to this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight. How are you today? Very well, thank you, Simon. Yes, it's been a busy first half of term and half term is looming in the next few days. So we're looking forward to a welcome break. Excellent. I'm, I'm sure that everybody is, especially after the last, well, 18 months that all teaching and, and school staff have been going through, not, of course, forgetting pupils and parents. Tell me a little bit about what your plans are for half term. How do you how, how do you often spend any downtime that you might have during a half term break? I think with any with any head teacher, the, the first few days are very much about reflecting on what's gone well over the last half of term and uh, t- telling yourself really that that all of the planning and preparation that you've undertaken has been has been successful. I think your your body tells you to relax, mm-hmm. certainly, mm-hmm. even if your head is telling you that there's still more work that needs to be done before you go back. But I think having a two-week break is 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 welcome at this time of the year. It's the longest teaching term for for my colleagues and myself. So the opportunity to get out, particularly in the in the autumn weather, uh, enjoy walks in the park with the with the dogs. Uh, is is welcome too. I've got two teenage daughters, so doing things together as a family it certainly gives you a chance to switch off from school matters and recharge the batteries before coming back again for the second half of term. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. Now you're the prep head teacher. For parents who are listening, just tell us what age prep is. What what years does it go from and to? So traditionally, prep schools uh, range from anything from the two and a half to 13 years old. And at Berkhamsted, the prep school is the campus that takes the children from years three, four, five and six in particular. We've got 330 pupils in that age group. So it's quite a sizable part of the school. And there are 18 classes on that campus. So we have Gosh. four classes of year four, uh, four classes of year three and five in each of years five and six. So it's a, it's a healthy, healthy size. And uh, yeah, plenty of plenty of activity going on on our site. I'm sure that there is. Okay, we're going to find out a little bit more about school life in this podcast episode. But Jamie, I'd love to understand a bit more about your own education, where you went to school, what your own experience of school was like, whether Mm. it was positive, whether you enjoyed it, and then what you did after you left school as well. Well, it's interesting that the theme of this podcast is about specialist teaching. And, and as, a, as a pupil growing up in, in North Kent, I was fortunate to attend, fortunate enough to attend a middle school. Had a, Kent still had a middle school structure in those days where you went to primary until the end of year four and then were taught years five, six, seven and eight in a middle school structure. There I was very much inspired by the teachers that, that taught me as specialist subjects, particularly music, drama and physical education. At 13, I was lucky to go to a grammar school, Borden Grammar School in Sittingbourne in Kent, and continued my, my sort of passion for those subject areas in particular, and then left to train to become a, a primary school teacher with 
primary physical education as a specialist subject. I'd taken up hockey while I was at school and uh, made the Kent under-18 hockey team and we were crowned county champions at that age group. And then when I left to go to university in the southwest of England, I carried on playing my hockey at a county under-21 full senior level and then went on an umpire at national level as well. So that inspiration I'd been given back from my middle school days about playing sport uh, I was able to carry through from my uh, my sort of grammar school days on then off to university to teacher training. So yeah, taking a specific course, vocational course that would lead me into a teaching career, mm-hmm. a Bachelor of Education degree, which was a four-year training course, as opposed to a, a course in a subject where I was less certain about what I might want to do at the end of it. So from that early age of nine years old, inspiration from those teachers that taught me led me down the pathway of wanting to be a primary school teacher. Gosh. Right. It's incredible that from such a young age, you knew what you wanted to do with your career. Do you feel that that's really helped in, in, in the job that you're doing now? Do you feel that that's, that was a real benefit? Yes, I do, because I think prep school education is, is as closely uh, matched to those middle school years that, that I experienced as a, as a, as a pupil myself. The, the ability to, to be taught in a sort of secondary school style education model uh, with the nurture that primary schools offer I think is is really exciting and uh, as I say I I look back with fondness and respect for those colleagues professional teachers colleagues that that taught me as a youngster and I'm hoping that I'm uh, able to shape the education of others by giving those children today the same opportunities with the staff that they're being taught by now. Uh, Are they aware of what you're doing now? Yes, I, in fact, my, my PE teacher at grammar school retired only 18 months ago and I, I made contact with him to wish him uh, every success in his retirement and he looked through the school web pages to see where I, where I was and what I'd been doing. And in fact, my, my middle school PE teacher was recently awarded an MBE and uh, in the same way I wrote to him to offer congratulations and rightly or wrongly, they both remembered me. So, yeah, Right. <laughs> Jamie, talk to me about some of the activities that children do at this age and and the benefits that they receive from having such a wide range of activities. Well, I think the the curriculum diversity is is the first thing that I I, I speak fondly with parents about. And the subjects that we offer uh, at our our curriculum level may be those that perhaps the children would have to wait until they got to secondary school to be to be taught in in, in that way and and to give an example it's subjects where like uh, art and design technology where the children have an hour a week of each of those subjects on the curriculum as a primary trained teacher i remember teaching art and dt as a combined component and you'd often run out of time to deliver the curriculum fully or as a practitioner you wouldn't have the self-confidence to actually deliver the subject in the same way as somebody who had perhaps a degree subject Mm. in that area of the curriculum. So subjects like art, design technology, then we offer drama uh, and music all taught by specialists too. And even from a young age, from the age of seven, the the children are having these subjects taught by specialist teachers and including science where for two hours a week the children get to, to experience science teaching in a science classroom and in year five and six the science laboratory where if you think the, the experiences that most children at primary age are getting in the schools around the country is very much spending the whole day in the same classroom space mm. being taught by the same teacher. So the act of being taught by specialists in specialist spaces with the resources to do the job and the action of actually physically moving around the school, resetting your thinking 
and your your learning mentality before you go into an, into the classroom for your next subject is really a really refreshing model which i think benefits the children significantly that's pretty interesting that concept of you know learning in a different way even just from moving around is there any psychology associated with that about how we learn I think I think it's about resetting your sort of your thinking uh, approach to learning at this point. If you if you have a, a negative experience for whatever reason in, with a particular teacher or a particular uh, group of peers, or just you, you're frustrated with how you've you've approached a particular task or, or the outcome you've received in a piece of work or a piece of feedback, can often colour your colour your attitude or your 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 mood for the rest of the school day and I think if you if you're camped in the same space it's hard to it's hard to wipe that away and forget about it put it behind you mm. and start again so actually by physically moving around the school it's giving the children that that chance to to get some fresh air in their lungs to have a chat conversation with their with their friends or teachers as they're moving from one space to the next mm. and approach the next activity fresh and, and ready to learn whatever that may be and with with whom that that may be taught by. Jamie, I'd love to understand a bit more about what happens in a typical day for a head teacher at Berkhamsted Prep School. Can you talk us through some of the activities that you get up to in a normal day? Well, the first, the first thing we do is uh, I, I support the children at breakfast club in the morning. So at uh, half past seven, I can be found having breakfast with about 20 children uh, from seven to 11. And that's, that's a great opportunity to see them in a different light. Uh, if you don't teach them, it's a chance to chat about what they're enjoying about their school day ahead and what's going well for them. And then I can I can often be found out by the car park area, helping to to guide traffic in and out of the school grounds, which I think is a good good opportunity to just wave hello to parents and just let them know that you're there. And quite often just hear little anecdotes about how things are going for, for families and pass messages back and forth. Uh, or can I just ask you about so-and-so? You know, don't, want to, don't want to ring the office, but while you're here, can I just ask you such? And that's, that, I think, is, is a great benefit, a two-way benefit between school and home. Then it's a case of checking to see what immediate inquiries have come in, um, pastoral matters that perhaps need to be resolved, and uh, looking at the diary ahead of the day, really. And uh, it's a particularly busy time of the year with prospective parents looking to come and uh, see see what goes on in the school. In the last fortnight, I've been conducting learning walks, for example, which takes me around the school where I drop in to every single classroom, every single class teacher to catch them winning and to see what the children are going about in their business. Uh, and I think that's a great opportunity for the children to see the head teacher in an informal way in the classroom. They, they, they look forward to me coming in because they love to share what they've been getting up to. And the, the staff, uh, an opportunity for them as well to, to share and show what they've been doing uh, because they're proud of their the work they do with the children. So mm. I think it's important that you know your school and the best way to do it is to, is to be visible. Mm. And then this morning, for example, we had a school council meeting. So we have 18 representatives, one from each of the classes from years three to six. And we met with the school nutritionist and the okay. children had prepared a series of questions that they wanted to ask the school nutritionist. And they were able to make some suggestions for, for what they might like to see improved or added or just give some general feedback and, and praise for, for the quality of the food that they already receive and it was a very constructive experience and we're going to take them on a tour of the kitchens next week to show them what goes on behind the scenes and so they're a very proactive group of, of youngsters and so yeah spending as much time with the children getting to know your school I think is is what being a head teacher is all about. Hmm. You mentioned about parents dropping children off and sort of coming up and asking you questions while you're there 
uh, because they feel like they sometimes might not want to bother the office. Do you feel like sometimes parents uh, do hold back in approaching school because maybe they think that their question isn't important enough or maybe they think that people in the office are too busy or whatever? I'm not sure I think that they believe it, the office is too busy. It's more more a case of um, whether or not they, they feel the, the issue that they're discussing is, is minor and perhaps they've missed something that they should have read because there's a lot there's a lot of um, there's a lot of toing and froing between schools in terms of correspondence and communication. And with the best will in the world it's easy to miss something that you perhaps feel you've probably been told once but you've forgotten and you can't remember where you've seen it. Mm. So, you know, they, they, they almost they almost act uh, ask a question with a little bit of sense of I should probably know this answer but I'm going to have the confidence to ask you anyway mm. uh, and we'd much rather that was the case because as I say we're all, we're all busy in our lives running running our households running our schools and there's so many forms of communication that and how many information cues we receive in, a, in any one day it's it's very easy to miss something and I'd much rather people asked and got the information from the right source than to than to speculate about something and, and feel that they've been given misinformation. And you also mentioned about prospective parents. Uh, is that parents who, who want to see around the school on a typical normal day to see it in, in, in day-to-day action? Yes, quite. And, and, and it could be parents who have perhaps seen the, seen the school some years ago where they were considering uh, putting a, a pupil of theirs, a son or daughter of theirs, in, in this, into the school. And time has gone by, obviously, and things have changed or circumstances have changed. Mm. And it's the time of year when, when we're doing our first round of uh, pupil assessments in any case. I think it's important that, that the children get the chance to see the school as well mm. uh, come and appreciate what it would be like to be a, a pupil at our school and, what, as you say, what a typical day might look like. Mm. Uh, it's a big commitment. For some people, they're in, encountering independent school education for the first time and that investment of opportunity can't be taken lightly. And you know you wouldn't you wouldn't go and buy a house without having seen it first. And I think that's the same with the school. It's important that it feels right for you as a family that you can see your son or daughter being happy in the school. And, and it's absolutely right to come and come and try before you buy. And do you find that sometimes parents might step into the school and instantly feel like it's the right place for their son or daughter, but equally at times may step into the school and feel like actually another school is is right for their son or daughter, and this school isn't right for them. Yes, I mean, we, we get a lot of immediate feedback from the parents um, at, at the time of the visit. And I think the first thing that they're always struck by is the, is the happiness and the warmth of the children who they, who they see moving around the school, their interactions with one another, their interactions with, the, with their teachers and, you know, and the, the way they, they, they sort of approach me and my visitors. Uh, they're curious to know who you're showing around and, and, they, and they, they engage with the, with the guests and the visitors quite naturally, which I think is... Is something that uh, that I that I'm, I'm happy to promote, but I think it's it's also about being transparent and and knowing what makes a school right for your son or daughter and being able to ask answer those questions without fear of, of, of feeling that you're that you're perhaps made to, made to be making the wrong the wrong choice and and I think it's important that we we're able to to know our know our own product very well as a school but also be able to speak with information with the quality of information about our competitor schools as well and, and if we feel that one might offer offer an environment that be maybe better suited to a family then we're quite happy to to make recommendations and mm. enable them help them to make an informed choice mm. rather than feel that they they have to select us for any particular reason so with car park duties and prospective parents and also <laughs> the learning walks it sounds like you you have no trouble getting your step count sorted out for for each day 
No, I think my, my daughters would, would have me uh, up that step count quite considerably. And I, <laughs> I, I fear that uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, a, that if some sort of step counter is coming my way as a gift in the not too distant future. It, be, it would be quite easy as a head teacher, I think, to to become office bound and just be dealing with the, the sort of the, the, the traffic, the email traffic and the, you know, the, the COVID precautions and the safeguarding. Uh, paperwork that, that is inevitable at the moment with any part of the job but mm. uh, forcing yourself to spend time out and about is is, is important I think mm. and it's it's the best way of de-stressing yourself as a, as a head teacher is actually spending time with with the reason that you're here and that's the children. Jamie tell me something about the variety of clubs that are on offer at the prep school. Well there's a there's a wealth of clubs that, that the staff offer uh, the children and, and they are free to choose what they would like to run and uh, they, they run at least one club per week for the children ranging from traditional sporting music and art and drama activities we've got an outdoor education club where the children take part in the high ropes and bushcraft activities we've had fishing clubs and, uh, Minecraft and Warhammer and we've had play rehearsals and, and all sorts of things. And I think we, we, we like the staff to have the creativity and the freedom of choice because that then gives them a chance to offer something that perhaps the children would would perhaps have more more sort of involvement in, mm. uh, but they wouldn't see on the, on the ordinary school curriculum. Mm. Those clubs change on a, day, uh, on a termly basis as well, so it freshens things up for everybody. So we're always open to suggestions from the children. And as I say, I think one of the, one of the most popular clubs has, has been fishing they go down to the canal in Berkhamsted and all weathers and not quite sure what they come back having caught but it's it's, it's interesting and, and you see children in a different light you, you get to chat to them about hobbies and interests and the, the teachers are often running clubs with year groups that they don't teach in school and that means that you get to find out more about the children as individuals mm. rather than just as, as pupils in any academic context so mm. I think the, the breadth and the interest levels really add add value and perspective to how the relationship between the staff and the pupils develops. And is the intention of these clubs that the children can learn new skills uh, as as well as having fun, or is it just about having fun? Yes, uh, inevitably that's the case. I mean, the 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 clubs program is is purely optional to families. It adds value to their experience as a pupil at the school, and we also promote them undertaking as many uh, clubs and societies that are not connected to Berkhamsted School as well because mm. we, we can't provide everything and I think having that, that range of contacts and uh, pupils outside of school that you mix with is is important too. We celebrate what the children do outside of school in our assemblies so if they've, if they've been successful in their swimming club which is nothing to do with Berkhamsted School We'll we'll still promote that because again it, it gets us it gets us closer to what the child is like as a mm. as a as a learner and as an individual rather than just who we see in the classroom. Mm. But yes, you could say, um, for example, our science and technology clubs would give the children a chance to to take their thinking to a to a different tangent that they wouldn't have the time for on the curriculum. The curriculum can sometimes be quite constrain constraining. So. Having a, a club which offers a different set of skills that the children can can explore in in their own free time mm. is inevitably going to be um, be something that we look to to add value to the experience mm. of being a pupil. Jamie, two last questions that we ask everybody on these podcast series. First of all, what have you changed your mind about in the last two years? I think it's it's more a cry for for respect actually for families and and how you've you've perhaps taken. A different stance towards how much they've sacrificed to send their children to independent schools. You've seen the impact that COVID has had on on families and their 
these the sacrifices that they've had to make financially to to have their children at school and, and I think through the learning experience where the, the the homeschool partnership has strengthened considerably growing appreciation a mutual growing appreciation where families have appreciated the role that the teachers play in teaching their children because they've had to do it in in some cases themselves mm-hmm. through remote learning but but uh yeah I think yes uh, when you see the the challenges families have faced with having to run their households, their businesses, look after siblings, and pay the mortgage, it's you know independent education is a, is an expensive product, and I think ensuring that that we continue to do the best um, that we can for those families is important. So I think the last two years has really magnified that that mm. respect from from both sides of, 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 the, of the optic. Mm. And then lastly, what has been your remarkable moment at Berkhamsted? My remarkable moment? <laughs> well, it's quite a strange one, actually, Simon. And uh, it happened last Christmas when I was doing some, some filming. And I'm not sure if any of the students will be listening to this, but I was doing some filming at the pre-prep with the principal who was suitably dressed as Father Christmas and I was suitably dressed as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And we were taking part. I was going down the zip wire dressed as Rudolph, as, as one does. And as I was warm, warming up, uh, just at the foot of the, the zip wire, the nursery children, who were dressed as elves, had been on a walk through the woods, and they happened to, to come across Rudolph the reindeer, just by chance, standing there, and the just naturally went in went into role play, and the magic that that it created in the in the minds of those those three and four year olds was was something to to behold. They it couldn't have been staged better if we'd tried. Because as they came from the woods, dressed as elves, there was there was Rudolph, and, and I started prancing and dancing and trotting and pruning um, <laughs> my antlers as, as one does, and and it made it made 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 for the you know for their day and for the rest of the, the term. And then actually later on in the in the morning, they they were stood in the playground and they actually saw me go down the zip wire dressed as as Rudolph. And uh, to this day, they well before today, they didn't know who it was me. And I hope I haven't shattered any illusions for them. But just just being with a different age group than I'm used to working with at the moment and doing something that, that again, made, made people smile, I think is it always warms your heart. Mm. Well, that sounds like a remarkable moment for sure. Jamie, <laughs> we need to bring this to a close, but if anyone's heard anything and they want to get in touch with the school, what's the best way for them to connect? So to contact us via email, prephead at com, and we'll be able to answer their inquiries if they're prospective parents and they'd like to come and have a tour of the school and see what we offer, we'd be delighted to show them around. And alternatively, contact the school admissions department directly and they can also be pointed in the right direction. That's really good. Well, look, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for explaining what a head teacher does at Berkhamsted Prep School. And thank you for being here just before half term. I hope you have a good half term break. I hope all the pupils do too. Thank you, Simon. Nice to be here. So that was Jamie Hornshaw, head teacher at the prep school. Thank you for coming on to this episode of the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Jamie. Now, if you're listening to this and you'd like to get in touch, just email prephead at berkhamsted.com and he'll be able to help you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.